0: everyone and welcome to another edition of All Blaze, No Glory, the podcast. It's been a while since I've had a guest, um, but I'm joined today by Alex Carmichael of the Oxford University uh, fame, um, but also a corf ball player. How are you doing, Alex?
1: I'm all right, Rambo. Thanks very much for having me on. It's a pleasure to get to chat to you again.
0: <laughs> now, Alex and I know each other through the world of ice hockey. Um, Alex is a, an ice hockey goalie. I'm um, playing for uh, the Oxford University Vikings. Vikings, I'm not sure, and uh, about to transfer to Cambridge. Alex, first of all, what's it like being a goalie in Oxford? And uh, secondly, um, is what does it feel like crossing that Oxford Cambridge divide?
1: Uh, I'll answer question one, then we'll get on to question two. Um, I think at Oxford, we're, we're very lucky. You know, we have the world's greatest collection of goalies in university sport most other teams or clubs have you know one or two to pick from i think we started the year with eight so we basically had two per squad Mm -hmm. um but there's a good you know good little community vibe going on good rotation through all the sessions and making sure people get to play up play down support everyone else Uh, on the cambridge question this is Lies and fabrications on behalf of the BUIHA Nationals Committee. I'm not actually going to Cambridge University. I'm just going home to Cambridge, the city.
0: (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, well, that was uh, that got that grew arms and legs because I genuinely believed you were going to Cambridge, Um,
1: (laughs) as did most of my family, which was worrying enough. (laughs) So, um, I'm
0: not here to talk to you about ice hockey today. Um, Got you on because you play um, a sport called corfball. So to start off with, can you explain what korfball is?
1: Yeah, so korfball is a Dutch uh, sport. It's a ball and basket sport, so similar to basketball and netball. Uh, it's a mixed-sex sport, so you have teams of, uh, or rather the playing uh, squad is uh, two boys and two girls at each end of the court. The courts are pretty standard uh, indoor court length. It's 20 metres wide by 40 metres long, so two halves of 20 by 10. Um, and there's a, a long pole in the middle with the 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 corf on it the korf is just the dutch word for the basket so it's like a netball post that stands freely it's inset some seven eight meters in from the back of the court so you can go around the back of the post unlike in netball or basketball and the aim of the game is to put the ball in the bucket so uh two halves each team is simultaneously attacking and defending you have two boys and two girls per each half which means you can't just kind of stack your lineup with really good shooters because you also have to be able to stop the other team from scoring um, And boys can only mark boys, girls can only mark girls. Uh, And there's a a couple of movement rules. So you can't dribble with the ball, much like netball. Um, But there's a little bit of crossover from basketball where if you're dribbling the basketball and you pick it up, you obviously have two steps free to take a layup type shot. Same applies in corff ball. So you can take what's called a running in shot, Um, but obviously no dribbling or moving after you've stopped with the ball.
0: Okay. Um, now let's uh, let's break that down just a little bit. So, is there two? Is there two corfs in the game? Then, one at each end?
1: Yeah, that's correct. So you have your defending corf and then the corf you're shooting into.
0: Right. Okay. Because it was just I was wondering if there were in the it was just one in the middle or something. No, and they no. Did that- there's the teams are simultaneously attacking and defending i take it's just one ball in play when you you've got to go quickly from attack to defense
1: exactly yeah so when you when you turn over the ball um you have to work it back out of your defensive zone and get it to your attacking players and then they can start their uh, attacking phase
0: okay okay so that and and presumably you're relying a lot on your ability to move and find space if you're attacking and uh, essentially um your ability to, to track people if you're if you're defending. Is that is that kind of accurate?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean the, the other the quirk of the game perhaps or the bit that's interesting. So it's a, it's a non contact sport in that uh no kind of body checks, tackling, holding, anything like that. But nothing like that's allowed unlike, you know, something like handball where you can get pretty physical on players. Um the Kind of the key rule is the defended rule. So normally, if you take a game like basketball, you can kind of shoot whenever you like. It's just up to you to be a good judge if that's a good shot or not. In court ball, if your defender is positioned between you and the post, so as if you were in ice hockey, right, defending between the puck and the net. uh, and they can reach their arm out and they're within touching distance of your shoulder. You're considered a defended player. And if you take a shot, the play will be whistled dead and it will be called a defended shot and the other team will get the ball. So finding space is a really critical part of the game to make sure you're outside of that defended distance, but not so far away that you're outside of your shooting range. So lots of d- very dynamic movement, changes of direction um, and kind of you can set up some quite tactical plays with um, two boys or a boy and a girl working together to kind of create some moving screens if you like obviously you you can't actually set like a basketball screen on someone but you can kind of confuse the defenders by crossing over a lot uh and making different kind of cutting movements
0: cool cool so um yeah it sounds like it's quite a it's quite a complicated game but a a game where you're relying on speed and your ability to work as a team and and that sort of thing Um, yeah exactly how how and when did you get into ball?
1: so i first started playing as a junior um, to my knowledge, Cambridge and London are the big kind of hubs of junior core There's some really excellent programs there. Um, Liv West, uh, sorry, Liv Jones and Chris West in Cambridge uh, doing a, a huge amount of the youth stuff. And then uh, the Buckland family in London. And I'm sure there's many more that I'm less familiar with, but setting up lots of youth programs. So I had a friend at school who said, oh, I play this thing at like a local kind of sports hall. Do you want to come along one time and try it? Because I'd been playing basketball with my school for a bit. And I thought, yeah, why not? Uh, and I kind of got hooked from there and played um, in both the kind of Cambridgeshire regional junior team and for the Cambridge City Corporal Club. So the way juniors and seniors work in corporal was a little bit uh, different to other sports because the senior competitions can be you can have juniors playing so often you have lots of very good junior players who are maybe working towards the england squad or competing at kind of you know regional national level um, alongside people who have taken it up as adults or you know ex juniors who are now moving on to the senior levels of competition
0: cool cool and and what's the um you mentioned there uh, the England program and stuff is, is is it is it quite a big international scene in Corfball?
1: Uh, so I'd say surprisingly big. As someone who, you know, hasn't spent that much time looking into it, there is, there is a fair amount of international competition. Um, the Netherlands and Belgium tend to dominate. Obviously, the Netherlands, home country of the sport, and Belgium pretty close by. Uh, Chinese Taipei, so I think that's um, Taiwan competes as Chinese Taipei, although I maybe need to double-check that. But... <laughs> Yeah, so they often put in very strong showings. Uh, the Czech Republic as well often has some some pretty strong juniors. So a, a, a lot of kind of um, maybe nations you wouldn't necessarily expect, but um, there is there is a pretty big international scene, all run under the International Corporal Federation. And so the England program, I believe the juniors were recently abroad and they came home in third place for one of the kind of junior international tournaments, which is a very good showing from them. Um, but yeah, that's a pretty, that's been going for some time. The England junior program, at least, uh, well, as long as I've been playing probably longer. Um, so several players that, you know, in much the same way that we have in ice hockey, you know, lots of players who then go onto the GB student squads, filter back down to their uni teams or club teams, um, and, you know, help make a positive impact in those spheres outside of just, uh, competing at international level.
0: Okay okay and, what, and what's the university um ball scene like Are, did you play for oxford when you were there
1: Yeah so I um I played for during my first year then obviously second year was covid third year I was away on my year abroad and then this year has been kind of my final grand return um that obviously features the annual varsity against cambridge and then there's lots of most of the uni teams play in local association leagues as well as competing in bucks so we there are, I think there's three tiers or maybe two tiers of Bucks competition. There's kind of the championships plate and there's maybe trophy as well. Um, but a lot of those uh, junior players that kind of spent a lot of time playing together in their youth or against each other in their youth all kind of make their way back to the uni club. So there was some great photos at the Bucks championships where there were about 30 or 40 players that had all originally started playing at a Cambridge club that we got a massive group photo of. Um, lots that have started playing in London together and then know each other either through continued club play or the England squad. Um, but very healthy, very strong uni scene. The British Student Corporal Team, uh, or British Student Corporal Association, now has a, a, a team set up. They ran a tour last year to Hungary, and they're planning this one this summer to Turkey. Um, and I'm hoping to get selected for that. So fingers crossed. We'll see how we go. Um, but yeah, they've been running some extra uh, kind of training sessions with uh, Corinne Buckland, uh, and Marcus both Corinne used to be the head of the England Corfball Junior program and Marcus uh, just came off the back of winning the Premier League division title uh, yesterday as it happens, um, breaking a 13 year winning streak from the Trojans Corfball Club. So both very high standard players and coaches.
0: Cool, cool. And um, I forgot what I was going to ask you next. We did have a plan of of attack here um do, do you have sort of positions in uh are you um are you playing uh are you do you what do you what position do you normally play in is what i was going to ask
1: yeah so it's it's a bit looser in terms of traditional positions so there's not really that many positions you can take on the court the the biggest and most obvious one is kind of a rebounding position which tends to fall to the taller guys so i've spent a lot of my career sat under the post and trying to predict the rebounds and collect them and then feed them back out to my team Um, there's one other kind of set position but is normally rotated through different players which is called the feed position so normally you'd be holding the ball facing towards the net looking to attack the feed position is kind of an inversion of that you hold the ball you face outwards towards your waiting teammates and try and set them up for either a long shot or a running in shot so usually uh, there's Within a division of four players, it's pretty clear who has the responsibility of going to the post. And there may be a couple of people who rotate through the feed position, depending on how the play evolves. But the idea is generally you don't want to have people too set in their roles, because if then, for example, you have a very strong man-to-man defense that sets up against you and your main shooter gets shut down, you're, you're kind of out of luck. So you need everyone to be pretty flexible and able to do just about everything.
0: Cool, cool. And um, you you obviously mentioned that there's there's a set um, gen uh, gender roles is the wrong the wrong word but the set you have to have two uh, males and two females at each end of the court uh, are there are there sort of games where that's more relaxed or is that is that just a kind of game over that must always be the the, the
1: rules so that's pretty much it, especially in competitive play always the rule um, the only time I've ever seen it relaxed or if you like altered which is is when a team doesn't have eight players so obviously you have a starting eight and then you can bring as many subs as you like you typically get I think it's eight substitutions per match so you get a lot of rolling subs if you want them Um, but the only time I've seen it kind of hand-waved is if you don't bring eight players if you only have seven players Uh, and there are two differing rules that you can play under if you're playing essentially on a a penalty kill the whole game Um, you either the the team with more players has to have a non shooting player so you play 3 on 3 with one person rebounding all the time uh, which obviously gives you a lot more possession it makes the defense job uh, a lot harder or in some rule sets the free player can be a shooting player which means one defender is essentially having to play 1 versus 2 which is you know just running themselves ragged pretty quickly
0: <laughs> right okay <laughs> so um it sounds like it's quite quite uh, quite strict on that front um mm. and um what's been your most memorable moment playing court ball
1: oh god that's that's a really good question um I've had a couple of couple of strong ones uh so through the through the junior stuff uh, Kent were always the team to the team to beat they had very strong players lots of the London catchment area lots of the England squads uh we beat them one year as the Cambridge regional team um I think in under 15s or something which was a great year because we got both the inter-area competition and the national youth Day gold medals and I think we took silver basically every other year uh and then recently in unicorf, um just the varsity wins I've played two one two um and this year I think we, we beat Cambridge something like 21 to 7 um oh no sorry 21 to 10. And there were two players on Oxford who individually kind of scored almost as many goals as Cambridge did as a team, which was just great performance.
0: <laughs> you always like to stick it to your rivals,
1: right? Well, you know, you've got to give as good as you get.
0: And and uh, across the board, how, how sort of competitive is it um, when you're playing? Is it quite friendly or is it going it kind to of get quite quite feisty?
1: Uh, Very much depends on the clubs. There are teams and clubs with a bit of a reputation for being a little bit more chippy and kind of maybe arguing the calls a bit longer than they need to, or, you know, just getting a bit more uh, physical sometimes. There are some teams that play it pretty clean. On the whole, I think it's a pretty good natured sport. There's no real kind of bust ups. Um, Maybe, you know, there's individual grudges if so and so fouled me one time and, you know, I had a bruise for a week or whatever. You tend to remember those moments because they're quite rare. Um, but generally speaking it's pretty good natured and obviously at the higher levels of like you know the premier division of club competition it may get a little bit more feisty some of the, the stuff in the grand finals yesterday um obviously a lot on the line a lot to play for but i think that's you know pretty standard for any uh level of competition that's that's going that high
0: cool, cool. and if you were to try and sell Corfball to someone what would you um what what would you tell them what, how would you sell it
1: um it's a great social sport. Uh I think, you know, obviously it being mixed gender, you don't get a lot of the kind of pettiness that sometimes crops up in single sex sports. Uh lots of very, very varied backgrounds that people come from and um great it's it just a just a very fun sport, you know. I think a lot of the a lot of the year I spent ice hockey is a very different environment, but I kind of always knew I could come to Ball and chill out and see some friends, have a good time, put the ball in the bucket and go away feeling pretty good about myself and I think it's just a very good feel good sport. Very good. Very good.
0: And for those of you I know that predominantly we talk about Scottish sport on here, there is a Scottish uh Corfball Association. um... there
1: is. There's a Scottish national team. And uh fun fact, the Oxford squad came back just well, very early this morning from a tournament put on by St Andrews and Dundee uh collectively. There were two days of beach corfball and outside Astro Corfball.
0: Well, there you go. So um, I think if you, you Google Scot- Scotland Corfball, you'll find um, all the various clubs. There's uh, one in Dundee, three in Edinburgh, include the university team, um, one in Glasgow, one in... Uh, well, I suppose it's two in Glasgow because there's Strathclyde University team mm-hmm. as well, and St Andrews in Dundee. So uh, there you go. So there's you can find a club there, you can find a league, um, find out about going to watch it i suppose do, do people go, come along and watch uh, very often
1: yeah it's often more kind of friends and family than it is big crowds but um a lot of the bigger events you know the kind of the youth days the inter areas have lots more people going coaches from different clubs and then uh, the grand finals the england Corps association stuff normally draws a bigger crowd of both home fans of wherever it's hosted and you know traveling away fans
0: cool cool so um What's your what's your future like in COFBO? In you mentioned you wanna you wanna get into one of the international uni team. Um have you got any other plans, plans to try and make it all the way to the the, the big international team or, or any of any of that?
1: No, I think I think not for me. I did try at one point in my junior career, but um some very, very strong players out there in my age bracket and I'm I'm quite happy letting them take on the international foes. So I think it's probably back to Back to club corfball for me at some stage, just figuring out where I'm going to be after uni and then going from there.
0: Great, great stuff. Uh, well, I wish you all the best and I hope you you continue to enjoy that as well as ice hockey. Of course, we're not we're not suggesting we want <laughs> <laughs> ice hockey um, over uh, in the time. And it's been it's been nice to talk about it because it was a sport that I um I accidentally tried to tried to get a hold of someone from the Edinburgh corfball team, but I didn't quite manage so. It was it was fortuitous that we <laughs> were talking about it um, uh, during our duties at, uh, at BIHA Nationals. So, uh, thanks so much for giving up your time to to come and have a wee a wee chinwag about this.
1: No, my pleasure. Thanks very much for having me on. Cheers.